Welcome back to Baskin and Phelps. I'm Jeff Phelps. My buddy's Andy Baskin. Meredith is taking your phone calls at 216-578-0092. And Dan's flying the ship today. We've been talking Browns all day. We're going to talk Browns a little bit later on. Daryl Ryder, our Browns beat reporter, is going to join us. Charles Robinson, senior NFL writer from Yahoo Sports. I'm sure Charles will have some insight into location for Sunday and maybe more. And uh, also, I'm anxious to get his thoughts on the return of Deshaun Watson. All that's coming up. However, we have a streaky basketball team in town. And right now, the streak isn't going in the right way. Time for our Wine and Gold Report, brought to us by Parado Ross Real Estate at Howard Hanna. Remember when the Cavaliers were sitting pretty? They were 8-1, and one, talk of the NBA. They're still not in bad shape. Right now, they're in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. They're 8-6 and six with their current five-game losing streak. That's not what you're looking for. Uh, Boston, Milwaukee, clearly the top two teams in the East right now. Then Atlanta's in third place. And then the Cavaliers, even with a five-game losing streak, still in fourth place. Something to think about here. It's real early to look at the standings, but this kind of tells us, I think, the competition that you have in the Eastern Conference this year. Cavs are in fourth place. They're three and a half games out of first. They're also two and a half games out of 11th. In other words, man, there are a lot of teams that are competing for these playoff spots in the Eastern Conference. Top six, of course, get in. Seven through ten get in the play-in tournament. And the Cavaliers right now are just a half game from being in the play-in tournament. They're two and a half games from not being involved at all. Now, I know it's real early. That just shows the competition that you have in the Eastern Conference. Did a little digging. I don't like this at all. I don't know what it means. But but tell me. Yeah, well, tell me about this. Okay. Cavs are eight and six overall. Right. When Darius Garland plays this year, he's played in eight games. The Cavs have a record of two and six. When Donovan Mitchell plays this year, the Cavs have a record of seven and five. Ah. When these two guys play together, the Cavaliers are two and five. And when Darius or Donovan is out or both, they're six and one. So think about that. When the prized backcourt, and they're going to get it together, play together, they're two and five. And when one or both are missing, and they both missed one game, they're six and one. That makes no sense to me at all. Let's get into that. And that's our Parado Ross Real Estate Wine and Gold Report and Howard Hanna. What do you think of that? You've got your. I think your, they got to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, there's it's, a, it's, it's, it's not chemistry. clicking. No, not even click, click, click. Oh goodness! You're right. It's not. It's weird to me. I think Darius Garland is a really, really good young player. How do you fix it? He's two and six, and the Cavs are two and six in games that Darius plays. And when Darius and Donovan are both out there, they're two and five. How weird is that? It's not good. I mean, I don't know how you don't. How do you fix it? That's my question. They either have to. Is this just a matter of time? They'll figure it out. Yes. No. What do you think? They got to coexist. Yeah, I, th- I think they'll figure it out. It it's just. What you have back there, you don't have like a classic point guard and a classic shooting guard. What you have are, I think, basically two combo guards. Donovan can handle the ball. He can play point guard if need be. Darius can play shooting guard if need be and can play point guard. So they can do it both. Problem is both guys need the ball. True. 
And if both guys are out there and they're trying to figure it out, what does that do for Evan Mobley? What does that do for Jared Allen? Might not do a whole lot for Jarrett because he's going to create for himself by getting offensive rebounds and and being a, a pest inside. But we also need him on the floor, too. right? Doing a little pick and roll, you know, getting lobs and things like that. I, I just find it it interesting that they're having trouble playing together now. One one big reason why I think Andy, yeah, they haven't had a chance. Darius got his eye hurt in the first game, right? And then they he you know he missed a bunch of time. He didn't come back until. November 2nd against Boston. And then they've had trouble. You know, when the Cavs had their hot streak, Darius was basically out, and Donovan was leading the show and scoring 30-some-odd points a game for the for the most of that streak. Jeff, do you remember when we used to have the translator and we would put yeah. sound bites in and yeah. we'd be like, what yeah, does nobody, this really nobody mean? Nobody liked that bit except us. That's okay. I, I just want – you know, we don't have to go through the bit part of it. Just listen again – to what JB said last night after the game, I thought it was super interesting about, you know, it's not about X's and O's. It's about chemistry if you listen to this. He said, don't read your own clippings. Fat cat. You buying that? You think they were reading that? Uh, Because that's something a young team would do, right? Read your own clippings. Think you're bigger and better than you actually are when you really only had two gigantic wins over the Celtics. Oh, I, and you're right about that. You had two really good wins, and as we pointed out, like every other win they had was against a team with a losing record at the time. It 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 was an issue. That might not be completely accurate, but most of the most of them were against teams with losing records. I, I won't say they were reading their press clippings, Andy, and acting like fat cats, I'll just say this about it. They had to have confidence because they were just going out and playing and, and winning. And I don't think that breeds complacency. I don't I don't think that was the case. JB obviously disagrees a little bit. I just think it's it's a big part of it is this. Playing better teams right now. True. You know, you just played Milwaukee. Milwaukee's pretty good. Milwaukee also didn't have like five of their rotation guys. You know, I, I know the Cavs didn't have Jared Allen. They didn't have Dean Wade. All right, well, Milwaukee didn't have Drew Holiday. They didn't have Chris Middleton. Didn't have Grayson Allen. Didn't have Wesley Matthews. So other guys stepped up for Milwaukee. Other guys didn't step up for the Cavs. Their bench was terribly outscored again last night. That's a problem. You know, I... I I had some people agree with me. I had other people get really mad at me when I said I don't think they're very deep. I don't think they're very deep. And and deep doesn't mean guys who can play basketball. Deep means guys who help you play winning basketball. To me, that's what deep means. Sure. And they haven't found that right formula yet to make all that happen. You know, I, I think I, I love the idea of Karis Levert coming off the bench. And you can get Mike Fratello's thoughts on this on our podcast, Basketball Gold. Clear, clear, clear. With Fratello and Phelps. It's up there right up there right now, 92throughthefan.com or the Odyssey app. Download it. Mike had some thoughts. We went all over the small forward situation. Dean Wade is a different skill set there. Lamar Stevens is a different skill set there. When you have, and, and this isn't about Karis Levert to me. This is about Donovan and Darius. 
When you have those two guys trying to figure it out and find their offense, how, how in the heck are they going to share the ball with Karis LeVert? I have no idea. I don't either. So, because the, both of those guys, you want them to take 15-plus shots a game. And that's and that's a low number. You want 15. So you got to get Evan involved. There go more shots. How's Karis LeVert going to fit there? I have no idea, man. I, I, yeah, and you warned us of this in the beginning, right? If you put, I mean, if, but if you put Dean Wade behind that three-point line, Andy, there's a different option. A different it changes look. things up. Yeah. Lamar Stevens. All right, there's a really gritty, tough-nosed defender who doesn't need the ball. And I, I just wonder if that's a better fit. And I, I personally love the idea of a second unit with Karis LeVert and Kevin Love. Man, I, that could be sweet. Those you, guys could come in and change a game. Jeff, you have what four games before Thanksgiving, or four days basically till they come home on Thanksgiving weekend, November twenty fifth. They're starting a homestand, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. Before they go back on the road, yeah, November twenty yeah. fifth. By the way, what a great weekend! They're back at Milwaukee, and then we watch Ohio State, Michigan on Saturday, and then Browns Bucks that week. That's going to be a great weekend. Um, but you know, I'm looking at it. Where, where are they after these next four? Where do uh, again? You just take it in little pockets, is the way I like to look at a schedule, especially the NBA schedule. So. This pocket is Charlotte, Miami, Atlanta, Portland, all at home between now and the 23rd. Charlotte, team you should beat. Should beat. That's right. Miami, team that's playing pretty well all of a sudden. You know, they were down early. They're playing pretty well. Who else? Atlanta. Hawks are good. That's a tough game. Hawks are above the Cavs in the playoffs right now in the standings. And Portland's hot. Yeah. So Two and two? Well, maybe. Maybe three and one. Ten and eight. But, but see, start. here's the thing: you've got to start beating good teams, and it's tough to do if you don't have it figured out with your two top players. And again, I, I still think this team is going to be at its absolute peak when Evan becomes your top guy. Who's responsible and, for and making sure? Is it JB or is it those two sitting down trying to figure out how to get it done? You mean how do Darius and Donovan make it work? Yeah, who's ultimately All responsible? All three of those guys. You can't you can't say the coaches aren't involved. So I think J, JB's involved in that too. I do. Aramis is in West Park. Aramis. Hi, Aramis. Hey, hey man, what's up? Long time no talk. Hey. So Portland, they kind of have, they had right uh, between McCullough and uh, what's the other guy's name? C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out between them. So I'm actually kind of worried um, in regards to neither of these two guys play uh, defense. You know, like uh, for example, over uh, Golden State, you've got uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Even when Clay Thompson's not hitting, he's at least out there playing some defense, some really good defense, right? So he's adding to uh, to the team. Um, but the reason I called, uh, if you guys remember, after the second victory versus Boston, um, they interviewed our newest our newest player, and he deferred uh, to Garland as the leader of the team. He said, "Well, we go as Darius goes. You know, he's the leader and." You know, we need him to continue being that leader. Um, and to me, that meant a lot. I think he knows that Darius has to continue to figure it out, and he can't afford for Darius to kind of lose it. Do you understand? He needs to be aggressive, and they need to get through this collectively together. Otherwise, the team as a whole, you know, won't be as successful as, you know, maybe we all want it to be. Um, I, I, I thought that was interesting how he deferred to Darius as the leader of the team. Go back and listen to it. It was at the end of the game. Yeah, I, rem- I remember it, Aramis, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and Aramis, thank you for the phone call. It's, you know, remember, Andy, you brought this up. Remember when Dean Wade said to LeBron, hey, you got to be the guy here? 
And that's then that's when the Miami Heat took off. Maybe Darius needs to say to Donovan, hey, man, I'm going to set you up like crazy. I'll get my 17, 18 points a game. I don't need my 23. I don't need 22. 216-578-0092, number to join us. Uh, Daryl Ryder's coming up uh, sometime here in this hour. We're going to hear from Daryl Charles Robinson, Yahoo, senior NFL writer. One o'clock here on Baskin and Phelps. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is our Browns beat reporter. He's Daryl Ryder. He's brought to us by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. And he joins us right now. Hello, D. Hey, guys. What's happening? Hey, man. How are you? Uh, we're... Yeah, you're you're going. I like that. We're we're wondering about the weather and the situation and all that stuff. Let, before we you're touch not the on the only ones. <laughs> yeah, I know. Before we touch on that, let's touch on the team. Daryl, is this is this thing an easy fix right now? I mean, can do you could you see this team reeling off four wins in the next five games or something like that, or is this thing in trouble? No, I, I you know. Uh... I thought Joel Batonio, you just heard uh, one of uh, one of his comments in the, in the 2020 there with Jonathan. But, um, yeah, I, I just I, I don't see a big, massive, mega turnaround, mostly because there's just so many of the problems that they continue to have on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and if it's not one thing, it's it's been another. Certainly the run defense is a major concern, uh, as we've talked about, four of six games they've given up a buck 50 on the ground. The secondary has had problems. You know, you take last week's game in Miami, and if you would have told me that they were going to be able to hold those two receivers in check, uh, I, I would have said, oh, the Browns are going to win that game easily. And then it, as it turned out, that's not what happened. Yeah, they went down there. They held those guys in check for the most part. But, you know, <laughs> Miami was still really able to, to, to kind of take it to them. So um, it, it, it's really tough with the, the defense playing the way that it's played this season to uh, try and go out on a limb and predict some massive uh, turnaround here uh, at the end of the season. Terrell, are you hearing anything about the weather? And CBS just reported within the hour that they think the league will make a decision within 24 hours, so within the next 23 hours, if you're... Yeah, I think it's... I, honestly, I think it's got to come no later than Friday morning, so tomorrow morning, because uh, two things. One, uh, the Browns got to know where they got to get all their gear sent and, and all that, but also at the same time, if they if they move the game, uh, they got to get the Bills out of Buffalo, and quite frankly, that actually may not be possible by tomorrow morning, depending on this storm that they are uh, getting hit with. So uh, I, I believe it's starting at four o'clock today. The governor 
has closed Interstate 90 uh, to uh, a lot of the traffic there so that crews can be able to do what they need to do to keep everybody safe up there. So um, I think that that decision for, and the league's in a tough spot because you don't want to take a game away from the bill, a home game, I should say, away from the bills. You know, if it's Sunday afternoon, you know, Sunday afternoon comes right and everything's fine. They, they've been able to, to clear away the snow or whatever, and people are able to you know, move, move out. And all of a sudden they took that game away. You know, Bill's fan is not going to be happy. Right. So it, it, I think the league is in a real tough situation, and I, I anticipate that they're probably going to uh, push the decision as late as, as possible, while at the same time talking to the Browns, talking to the Bills, communicating with them, as the league has said, uh, and say, hey, th- if this happens, we're going to do this, but if this happens, this is you know what we're thinking as far as uh, relocating the game to a neutral site. All right, so let, let's just kind of go through the options real quick. And because Mary Kay had reported Philadelphia, Washington, Carolina, they're all open, but there, there are other alternatives too. They could play the game without fans. They could. Um, well, they, they could, don't want to do that. They don't want to <laughs> play without fans? No. <laughs> well, I mean, we've been yeah. down that road before. If they really feel like they need to get the game in, why wouldn't they? Well, or what you do is you just, you know, like if you, you just open the doors and say, fans, you know, come on out watching an NFL game, right? Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at least get uh, you get some sort of uh, you know limited revenue there, and then uh, here's with the other sessions and team shop and stuff like that. What about just pushing the game time back? Because they're saying that it's supposed to be yeah. over by one o'clock, but I mean you never know on that. Yeah, well maybe you push it to four, right? And and again, this is the tough call. And and, and the other thing too is is the. the you know, weather is difficult to predict here. And what if, uh, you know, that uh, a lake effect band of snow happens to be just over Orchard Park, right? <laughs> so it, it, I, the NFL's in a tough spot with this. There's, there's no question about it. it it's not going to be an easy decision for them to make. Um, uh, you know, of course, they have to keep in mind, too, the other complication here is that the Bills play on Thanksgiving. And yeah. they, not only do they play on Thanksgiving, they play the first game. They're the noon game. So if you push it back to four, or could you do a Sunday night game? Well, yeah, but then that still cuts it big. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it cuts it razor thin, uh, you know, for the bills, Uh, they're going to play the game. I'm pretty confident about that. I I think that, you know, that that the question is, uh, you know, um, you think they're going to play it in Buffalo? No, I, okay. I don't know where right. they're going to play. I'm just saying they're, right. they're going to play the game. The question is, where are they going to play it? We just, you know, we we're all waiting and seeing at this point. Darrell, last thing: Are they is the serious consideration to move the game because of logistical concerns in trying to pull off an NFL game, or is it because of the caliber of game they might have on the field? I'm assuming uh, it's, logistics. It, it's all logistics. Okay, it's, it's all logistics. I, you can clear a field. Okay, the the stadium, you know, the, the Bills have the equipment. They're used to dealing with this, you know, this type of weather. In fact, you know, Western New York uh, is used to dealing with these type of, uh, you know, storms uh, events. Maybe not on the scale that is being predicted right now, but you know, they do have the equipment where they can move snow quickly. Uh, you know, the the Bills are similar to the Packers, right? They invite fans in to come help, you know, clean out the stadium. Uh, of snow and whatnot, but it, it's all logistics. Because again, it's it, it, you know, uh, equipment, 
Um, some equipment arrives a day early. Uh, the rest goes with the team on the team plane. You have to, you know, the airport's got to be safe to, to, you know, to land, load, unload, and all those types of things. Then you got to get from the airport out to Orchard Park safely. And again, if you have interstates up there that are being closed because of safety issues, that that creates a a, a pretty major logistical uh, complication. I mean, it, 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 you know, the the, the story, um, you know, the Bills had to hop on snowmobiles to get to the airport so they could get out of Buffalo, uh, you know, to play a game years ago. So. Um, yeah, logistics is the number one concern. All right, D. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate thanks, Daryl. You, you bet, guys. Daryl Ryder, our Browns beat reporter, is brought to us by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. More on this in a minute, but we want to uh, give a winner right now. We're looking for one here at 92.3 The Fan. Text the word van, V-A-N, van. Van. Text the word van to 20357 for your chance to win a four-pack of Mr. Hero Combo Meals. That's the word van to 20357 by the end of this hour to get registered to win. Text and data rates may apply. Get complete rules at www.923thefan.com. Van, V-A-N, to 20357. Logistics. They don't care about the game. They can clear the field, which it makes sense. If But, Andy, how do you, you know, you're going to bring the Browns in there on Saturday? You're going to bring the Browns in there on Friday? See, here's the thing. If you take the Browns in there on Friday, right. then you're stuck. Right? Then you must play that game in Buffalo on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know if there's any hotel. I mean, like, I don't even I don't know where the team hotel is. I'm assuming it's closer to downtown Buffalo because that's where the nicer hotels are. And that um, means then you'd have to they got a bus, bus back. out to Orchard Park yeah. in a blizzard. Yeah, you're busing back west of the city. I, in I just, a historic snowstorm. Southwest. Um yeah, I just I don't know how they're gonna. I don't know. I, you know what? Maybe all this so is for easy not. To move it to Detroit and call it a day. No, I actually think just move the game time is probably the right way to go. If it, if they really believe that this thing's gonna be over by kickoff, or at least that they can yeah, play the game, it might play. be over. But I think my fear is, and we're looking at it right now, that I ninety Buffalo is going to be closing to commercial traffic uh, at four o'clock today. That it's about people trying to get to the game. And being on hazardous roads. Yeah, you don't want anybody to get hurt. No, not over a football game. But there's a lot of folks that have been, you know, the, how many people in Cleveland have going like up to the game? Hotel rooms yeah. and, um, you know, bought tickets and, you know, they're planning on making a weekend of it. Yep. And so they want to go to Buffalo. They want to go see this game. And, yeah. you know, we don't play the Bills that often. So um, I get that and I understand that. But uh, people's safety has to come first. And especially with the NFL right now, I mean, they can't. It, it, at the end it, of the yeah. day, it's still a game. They don't still need a nightmare. Patrick is in Akron. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Hey, you guys are talking exactly what I called about. Um, we have tickets. We got a hotel booked. Uh, we have season tickets here. Now, my question is, if they move it, do we get to go to wherever they move it to because we already have the ticket? Like, how does that work? So I think the last time they went to Detroit, it was free, right? They just Anybody that wanted to go could go. I bet they're going to have to give you, they'd have to give you a refund on your ticket. Yeah, well, I'm expecting that for sure. Um, That doesn't do anything for your hotel room, though, does it? No. (laughs) definitely doesn't. Uh, I don't think – I think the cancellation is free until 24 hours ahead of time. Oh, well, that's good. So you got that going for you. That's another reason why maybe they got to get this done by tomorrow. Patrick, if they play the game in Buffalo, are you going? I don't know, man. 
and I don't know about, I don't think the wife will want to travel up there. I think it's a bust if it's in Buffalo. If it's anywhere else, maybe. Um, I also is wonder, is, is there an alternative route for you to drive? Like, you know, I, no, common is, sense yeah, says take, 90. Back roads, but, I mean, are, that could be are they going to be worse than 90? Probably. Yeah, well, I don't know. Do you loop in from the south route. and then, you know, maybe come in through, I don't know, where the Meadville or whatever. Go east and cut up north? Yeah, I just keep cute. driving on Mayfield Road. Hmm? And you can drive out there without taking the, uh, paying tolls. But it's all back roads. So. Oh, yeah, I don't know if that's the way to go to during the snowstorm. But yeah, I know you guys like quick calls. I just want to say real quick, I go I go around the country a lot. I listen to a lot of sports stations. There's a lot of really good uh, sports guys out there, but there's very few great ones. And you guys, we're very lucky in Northeast Ohio to have you guys. I appreciate it. Patrick, friend of the show, good job. Thank that's you, the way Patrick. to go. That's very nice of you to say. It's amazing when you say nice things about us, what we can do for you. Your life has changed. Can we ever? That was nice of you, Patrick. Thank you. Don't necessarily agree, but (laughs) okay. Nonetheless, see, if you're Patrick and and if you're any Browns fan, Andy, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drive to Buffalo. I mean, why why would you? If I'm out like. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Bills, Browns fans that are here, too, that live in Northeast oh, Ohio yeah. between, you know, people that are kind of torn. Like, what if you live in Erie? Like, I don't know what people in Erie, are you a Steeler fan? Are you a Browns fan? Are you a Bills fan? I mean, like, this is a big game. It's a big can, game for a lot of folks. You And I'm serious about this. You can you know, listen to, to Jim and Nathan and Gerard call the game. You can watch it on television. I but mean, what if you, you've invested all this money and you've been looking forward to this weekend? And you what wanna, if you've invested... 45 years in living, and you'd like to make it another 45. I, I, I understand what you're saying there, Jeff, but, I mean, there are a lot of people who are, like, going to the game, want to make a weekend of it, and they just want to know what's going on. Life I, is built on disappointment. Wow. Wow. Okay, Schlepprock. And that guy coaches junior high kids. <laughs> kids, it doesn't matter if you put any effort in or not. You're just going to end up participating. The world needs ditch diggers, too. Way to inspire, Dan. Oh, boy. Way to inspire, Dan. Eeyore and Schlepprock have had a child. His name is Dan. Way to inspire. What does this look like when Was Deshaun... Was that over the top? I'm sorry. Go what ahead. does this look like when Deshaun Watson gets back? What does this look like? We're going to talk about that next. Charles Robinson, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports at 1 o'clock. It's Baskin and Phelps here on The Fan. Coming up at 1 o'clock, good buddy of Dan Menigan's, Charles Robinson, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports. Charles at 1 o'clock. He'll have the league perspective on the game, location, Buffalo, all that stuff. And he's going to have some perspective on what we're going to talk about right now. I'm Jeff Phelps. My buddy's Andy Baskin. Seems like the Bills are dealing with a lot of illness today, too. Um, Josh Allen's out again. Uh, a couple of people are limited, so they're dealing with some issues too beyond just the weather and stuff. So, so add that to the list. Yes, Daryl Ryder was just with us, our Browns beat reporter, and he said he doesn't sense a major big turnaround. You know, like this huge push comeback type thing. Could that happen? And and what does this look like when Deshaun Watson becomes quarterback of this team? I'll be honest, we've it's been such a a distant target, you know. When when the suspension was made 11 games, I just thought, wow, 
that's a long time down the road. And I I haven't really given it a whole lot of thought, wrapped my, my head around it too much, because we've been so involved in what this team is right now. But I, I'd like to look ahead just a touch. My hope is that the offense takes a, a tick in the right direction, you know, gets even better. And I think the offense has been pretty good. It's not been great, but it's been pretty good. I don't know if Deshaun can make Donovan Peoples-Jones even better than he's been. I think he's made some nice strides this year. Can he help David Bell? Can he help Anthony Schwartz? I don't know. Can he help the running game a little bit? Maybe. I I, I would hope, though, that his play and his level of play, yeah, I know he hasn't played in two years. We keep pointing that out, that, that it improves. In fact, I think that's a normal expectation. But, Andy, that doesn't change any of the issues that the defense has had. Going going into this game, the Browns are second to last in the NFL, allowing 26.4 points a game. Your quarterback doesn't change that. And, and so anybody I think who's expecting this, all right, here he is. Well, forget the rust even. you got a defense that's given up points like crazy. Even if he gets us to 30, are we in trouble? If he can yeah, get us to 25, I, think, yeah, I, I mean, so. it's the same problem. So I agree with you on that. I, I just don't see him coming in and changing the fortunes of this season so they could be. And that, by the way, I went through, and if they won out, I think they're a 98% chance of making the playoffs. You season. did the whole thing. Oh, yeah, I did the whole season. Yeah, of course. Um, but I, I just I don't have expectations. I'm just telling you that I have zero. If he comes in here and plays great, that'd be that would be outstanding. 96% chance, sorry. If he comes in here and plays great, that's outstanding. Like, okay, good. I'll feel better about our future going into next year. I just, the hole for this season is just really deep. And again, they could come back and win the next two games and we could all change our minds. But, I mean, that is just wishful thinking. That's Brown's math. That's thinking, oh, look, they're down 16. They're going to get two touchdowns and they're going to have two two-point conversions and then they're going to come back and get the ball. Um, three times in the final three minutes. You know, that's that's just crazy talk. So I just I don't have the expectations for him. I, I, I just want to see him get out on the field and then start to play again. I think that should just be the whole goal of the whole season. Get right. through this season healthy, try to, you know, get your sea legs back, and then let's go back at this again next year. And I by the way, I think that most people would have said that's a realistic expectation for this season. The only reason why we've deviated from that is because Joe, Jacoby Brissett, I think, has played better than anybody thought he would. You're going to make, not you, people, are going to make judgments based on this team this year. When we That's what happens in sports. We do that all the time. Can you make any judgments on the offense, even offensive personnel, based on this team without Deshaun Watson? Is that fair to do? Or do you have to hold off and wait to see what this looks like with Deshaun Watson, knowing that it's not Deshaun Watson who you're probably going to have next year? In other words, full year, full practice, played in some games, knocked off the rust, everything else. Can you make any offensive judgments? I think. Yeah. A Why little, can't you? Why, little, you can you can see the chemistry with him and Amari Cooper. You could see the chemistry with him and Donovan Peoples-Jones. You can see what the running game looks like. Maybe because you have Nick Chubb as your running back and Kareem Hunt as your running back, that may free up Deshaun Watson to run more. Or that might, the threat of having a quarterback that can run and do some damage might 
free up Nick a little bit more. I, I don't know. I want to see what all the variables look like going into this season. I do know this. I think we're going to see DPJ get a little bit more into the offense than he already is, which I like where he is right now, and I still want more. Uh, and then the other part of it is, you know, I want to see David Bell. I want another well, wide receiver to emerge. But is I that need on, another wide receiver on the team. Is that on Kevin Stefanski? Is that on David Bell? Or is that on the quarterback? I think that's that's part of the question there. I think initially it's on Stefanski. Then it becomes the success rate that you get from your quarterback. If your quarterback suddenly starts becoming successful on some of these passes, especially when you get past the 57-minute mark in a game, yeah. when you're in those final three minutes and you've got a quarterback with confidence and knows how to win a game late, knows how to have a fourth quarter comeback, it, it, it's just it's a world of difference. It's just it's it's night and day. That's the thing about Deshaun Watson that Jacoby Brissett really doesn't have. Fourth quarter comebacks, winning late, even yeah. though they only won four games this last year, though. In, yeah, I was going to say, in theory, that makes a lot of sense. I I just wonder. I, I do think you can judge the offensive line based on whether you know, Jacoby or Deshaun, the running game, those things I think you can get a good evaluation on. The defense you can completely evaluate. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Your, your evaluations there should be in line, and we should see how those are, and we uh, know that's not been good. Cool Ray's in Bedford. Cool Ray. Hey, Cool Ray. Hey. Hey, what's up, fellas? I got breaking news. First, before I get to my take, I got breaking news. I heard this from the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh-oh. Are you guys ready? Yep. Breaking the United, news. The United States is the best country in America. Okay. Per mm-hmm. Herschel Walker. So just want you guys to know that. Breaking Jot that news. down. <laughs> so here's but my Didn't thing. Don King say the same thing? <laughs> I think he stole that Don from Don said King. only in America. Uh, no, in the greatest country in the world. All right, go with it then. So here it is. I think you guys are really uh, doing a disservice right now because right. I, I love I love you both, but here it is: Deshaun Watson. It's unrealistic that Deshaun Watson will come in after not playing football for two years and win out. It's unrealistic. It's, well, we never said that. Yeah, though. I don't know what the disservice is on that one. It, no, in order to make the playoff, he has to pretty much win out. That's unrealistic. Right, but so, we didn't. Yeah, we've we said didn't that say the whole that. way. We're just kind of trying I, to get a feel for what this thing's going to look like with him here. Yeah, cool. Ray. I, my exact words for this year were, "I have no expectations for him this right. season." Now, here's the thing, though: we're also not taking consideration that we might be losing Kareem Hunt in free agency. So, when your running game won't be as strong, we're also we might lose other pieces. So, you have to look at those things and then go with just just what we know without feelings involved. This coach has been going downhill. Wins, expectations, everything. So I don't see how you say you that just because he was a coach who talked to Deshaun Watson that we should keep him here. I think you need someone who's a leader. All we keep talking about is how players are questioning leadership. And we I've heard someone, not this show, but uh, on the station say that it looked like the players that quit. That is all coaching, whether it be defensive, head coach, or whatever, position coaches. You have to create another environment, a winning environment, an environment where people want to – run through a wall for you. And that's not going to be done with if you know players don't want to believe in you. So this is where I think this is where my whole thing is with where this coach has to go, start a brand new coach and say, we're all, we only got three wins. Like if we get two more wins, we're a five win team. How much more can we go down with this talent? It's about building up. And that's what I got to say. You guys have a good uh, Thanksgiving too. Thank you. Uh, the, The problem, you know, losing Kareem Hunt at this point, 
we're losing 314 yards that we've seen so far this season. I mean, uh, he's, he's only been, had the ball 83 times. He's not been the factor that I think, well, that I've wanted him to be. You but give I, him the ball a little bit more. But I'm well, not taking, I don't want to take the ball away from Nick. That's what I mean. That's what and, I mean. Yeah. I think maybe you scheme a little differently. I don't think the offense has been an issue on this team. And I, it's interesting to me when everything comes to Kevin, people don't mention the offense very much. I mean, there, is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. But there are a couple of things that, in, in things that you know, we'd like to see tweaked or whatever, and everybody would. That's just the way sports fans are. It's that CEO mentality, the exact opposite of what's going on when people are looking at the Indianapolis Colts situation, you know? Jeff Saturday can't coach. He's never coached before. Well, he's a leader of men. You know, brought him in to be inspiring and blah, 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 blah. Well, that doesn't matter. He's never coached before. Well, Kevin's coached for 14 years before he got here. This is the third year as a head coach. People are screaming, well, he's not inspiring. What do you want? You want the resume or you want the inspiring guy? You know, I, I, need, I need somewhere in between. I need someone that has a pulse exactly. and understands what's going on. Exactly. And can read the read the room, not only just as players, but the way fans are feeling. I'm not asking you to make decisions yeah. based on the way the fans, the way the front office feels. Just kind of actually validate some of the things that I think we're all seeing. Ryan Day does that every time I, I watch him do a press conference afterwards. Hey, hey, let's check in with Laura in Chardon. Laura, you know about snow. You live in Chardon. What's up? Hey, Laura. Hi, guys. I just wanted to tell you I talked to my friend uh, who I'm going to be at the game with if it happens in Buffalo. Um, he's from the other side of Buffalo and, um, the hotel rooms are giving you 24 hour notice to cancel. Most of them are 48. The hotel where I'm staying for the game, uh, is expecting three to four feet in Buffalo on that side of town. And, um, the New York throughway is being shut down tomorrow afternoon for big trucks. Yeah. Right now it's four o'clock this afternoon, four o'clock today. Is what we're hearing for yeah, commercial yeah. So um, the consensus up there has been that because they're playing in Detroit, they'll be lucky if they can get on a plane and get out. Well, of no, no, Laura, hang on, hang on. Let's not give out wrong information. They have not officially oh. said they're playing in Detroit. I no, I know that. I'm just saying if they're going to play in, Detroit, oh, if they they're going to get out on, if they're going to play, they gotcha. would have to get out on a plane today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, get out today. Yeah. Yes. I would hmm. think that's probably true because yeah. you might not get out tomorrow. Right? Good point. No. Yeah. Laura, because thank the, you. The, the, the snow is coming down heavier later. All right, Laura. Thanks, Laura. She's in Chardon. She's our snow expert. She's our snow, our, our staff uh, buffaloologist. I like that a lot. Yeah, staff Charles Robinson is our uh, really smart NFL friend. He's the senior columnist for Yahoo Sports, and he's next on Baskin and Phelps.